Hey everybody, welcome back to Rewrite Relationships with Allison and Matt. And today, as promised, we're going to talk a little bit about Peter Pan Syndrome and how over-identifying with our past selves can be really destructive in our current relationships. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today is really from Matt's point of view. He's had this kind of recent revelation of how he's really tied his identity in with who he was 10, 15 years ago, how this has affected our relationship now, and how it's it's kind of been hard to identify and hard to to let go of and work through. So when I say Peter Pan syndrome, I think we all know the men that are afraid to grow up. They're kind of afraid to let go of the stories of their glory days. They, you know, maybe want to go out with their friends all the time, maybe are afraid of commitment. You know, this type of thing can manifest in a lot of different ways. But, you know, now us as 30-something adults, we can absolutely see how it's affecting a marriage and being a parent and, you know, sometimes even your job. So we were going to talk a little bit about the first time we'd really realized that this was an issue in our relationship. Um, obviously it's, it's kind of been a thing the whole time, you know, looking back in, in retrospect, we see kind of this fear of commitment on both sides and, um, the expectations that we had of each other. And now we see how it's directly linked with this identity that we've built up in, you know, what we would consider a really positive time in our lives. So Matt is going to tell us a little bit about a conversation that we've had sometime in the last year that kind of led us to this realization where we're like, okay, you know, maybe we're on to something here. We get, we have something to work on. And You know, um, a while back, we were having some struggles, um, kind of communicating. Sorry about the train. Yeah. We're in, <laughs> we're enjoying the great outdoors of our backyard right now. So the train might chime in every now and then. We'll just have Matt get a little bit closer to the microphone while he talks. So uh, a few years ago, you know, we were sitting there uh, kind of talking and we've been kind of kind of a little bit on edge um things weren't really going super well we uh we really just weren't it was one of those situations where you know we had everything under control our responsibilities they're good we're doing everything we need to be doing but there's really this just kind of discontent between the two of us you know, we just weren't talking as much. We're not touching as much. And, you know, Matt just kind of came to me one evening and was like, 
well or was or was it me bugging you <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> like, was probably you bugging me I'd like and just like <laughs> what's your problem you know and I was just like you know I just I just don't feel like I could be myself around you guys and that kind of like threw up by you guys he means yeah uh, you know me the kids, kids my sister yeah, who Kayla. lives with us and and I just I wasn't you know I wasn't being open about things that bothered me or I wasn't you know I I was I felt like I was holding back quite a bit um you know situations I I felt like I was walking on eggshells most of the time and at a point I was a person that always like said what he felt a long time ago and in, in this relationship it it felt like I was uh I felt like I always had to watch what I was saying I felt like I was going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. Um, even though joking, like openly joking around, like even though I knew it was a joke, I didn't know if anybody else would take it as a joke. So and This totally took me by surprise because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You say terrible, funny things all day, every day, and we laugh with you and we have a good time. And so of course like my first fear is like oh god what is it that you want to say that you feel like you can't say to me especially joking yeah and like I said joking was I think part of my defense mechanism type of thing like you know I throw it out there and kind of joke around but then I kind of felt like they weren't getting what I was saying and it was coming off rude and that's not what I really wanted. And then I just felt really uncomfortable in my skin. I, I was like just kind of crawling and I'd think about like, oh man, should I have said that? Or no, maybe I should have. Maybe no, maybe no. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I said it, but now I feel bad about it. But should I have felt bad about it? Well, <clears throat> you know, it kind of got to this point where it was just really quiet because I was afraid of what he was really thinking and he's trying to find the words to explain to me what's actually going on and so I was like hey Matt let me life coach you a little bit <laughs> and he was like fine I guess so no he was pretty open to it um you know so we started asking a bunch of questions and we're actually taking notes and writing stuff down and we get down to this base of this problem this deep insecurity that he's experiencing right now kind of came from a former identity he used to have as a really popular and sought after man um, some of the things, you know, he ended up telling me was that, you know, we definitely go through periods in our marriage where it's just not as touchy. It's not as sexual. And we were absolutely right in the middle of one of those when this happened. And he tells me, he's like, you know what? I do think that's the thing. I think that's what's making me insecure is because... My identity is kind of tied up with someone that feels sexually attractive. Yeah, to me, like, <clears throat> you know, I I grew up in Holcomb, Kansas. Uh, it was a farming community. 
didn't have a whole lot of friends friends you know it was a lot of country music listening people and a lot of farmers and stuff like that and I just wasn't from that background so you know I, I never really had close close friends I had a few friends but they weren't never close you know I could never share exactly how I was feeling with them um you know I eventually I've, I met a group of people and I felt really wanted like I mean everything that I ever wanted with the like uh, popularity and uh, going out and doing things that I enjoyed I found in this group of people and it, it made me feel like it, it, it flipped the switch I felt amazing uh, we just this was kind of the first time in your life where you found like confidence and like this true sense of belonging in a group of people yeah, you know, in, in Holcomb, I, I was just mad. You know, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't popular. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't picked on or anything like that. I wasn't bullied really a whole lot. I mean, I had one, of course, who doesn't. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then I met these, these group of people, and they were amazing. And I just, I fell in love with the way they thought, and we all just grew up together. And I was one of, I, I felt like one of, like, the leaders of the group. Um, you know, and this group also is getting like wild and crazy. You guys lived together for a significant amount of time. I mean, basically, technically, how many people lived in the house? But everybody was yeah. There, there all was the like time. three of us that really owned the place that we lived. But I mean, every day that you'd you'd at least have at least twelve, fifteen, twenty people there a night, and it was just a constant party. a party. I mean, uh, you were popular. You owned the house. You had all these people coming by to come see it. And uh, the legend of the place grew. And, uh, you know, everybody was like, where's the place to go? And it was the church. Uh, you, you just had to go there. It was one of the, the main places to go at the time. So we were meeting different people. You know, people would come out of town. I remember a group of girls coming from Healy. And they are like, oh, we heard about this place. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we have, you know, we were skateboarding inside and playing golf inside. And, you know, the place was a mess. And, I mean, but for some reason, people flocked to it. It was, it was great. Well, it was because you guys were, like, outrageous. If yeah. you want to ask Matt about the dent in his tooth that our dentist was mystified by it's from biting a ceiling fan. Yeah, you know, we would sit around and we'd try to <laughs> uh, one-up each other about who could do the weirdest thing and stuff like that. And, I mean, it just it just it it was just a, a close-knit group. We were all excited to be around each other all the time. We didn't need anybody else, you know. We were, like, a bunch of kids in southwest Kansas, and we all liked the same thing. You know, this is a huge farming community, and that we were never farmer kids. We weren't, uh, you know, country kids or anything like that. We just we we just did our own thing, and it was it was just amazing at the time. Like I mean, I've never felt anything like it before, and I'm still friends with quite a bit of them. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was just uh, an amazing group of people, and it was just the perfect storm for always wanting to stay that way. Mm -hmm. You know, you never wanted to change. It was just, it was like, this is perfect where we're at right now. It's like, why, 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 why move on? This is awesome. Right. You know, so he'd had this, like, incredible bonding experience with a group of people. Like, 
you know, and being a young adult when it's the first time in your life where you feel like true belonging with a group of people. And then on top of that, you know, being so infamous kind of being recognized by people that you don't know and you know what even now when someone asks me like oh you're married to Matt Sondag I'm like why (laughs) (laughs) what'd you see him do because it got crazy and you know so he had this incredible reputation and um I I know that at least when I met him there were tons of girls hitting on him all the time. And so it absolutely makes sense that this is what Matt defines belonging as, is by being outrageous and being crazy. And part of this reputation is a huge part of it. And it absolutely makes sense. So as we kind of transition over into family life and responsibilities, it's, I feel like it's absolutely understandable how there's this kind of discontent because there's this feeling of like, you know, not getting those accolades anymore. And, you know, you're not actively thinking, oh, my God, people aren't thinking I'm amazing all the time. It's like that thing is gone and you don't really realize exactly what it is. But part of you is still looking for it. Yeah, I mean, it was to be wanted all the time. And, you know, like everybody was just like excited that when I showed up or well, you know. of attention yeah exactly you know it felt good it felt amazing I like I never wanted to let that go like you know I was like I show up there's people that I don't even know that were like hey you're Matt Sunday like yeah like you know I can't believe you're here or, you know do something <laughs> crazy bite this can in half you know <laughs> anything it was just it was just awesome it was just it was literally like being a rock star you know, anywhere we showed up to bars or anything like that, even the the bartenders knew who we were or who I was or anything like that, and let me get away with some of the most ridiculous shit. You know, and it just it was like that continuously for I would say a good six seven years. You know, just constantly going out and having fun and not worrying about what's going to be you know happening to you the next day. You know, there was no repercussions but there's no hesitation yeah you didn't have to think about it no it just we just went out and did what we did and then the next day we're going to do it again right you know i think in a lot of aspects like you know if you think of some of the perfect or more famous love stories that's kind of how they describe it you just don't have to think about it you just do it And of course, you know, we all know the beginning of love and the infatuation and stuff like that. It's it's easy and it's exciting and you don't have to think. But, you know, as we grow and make commitments, um, things obviously change and that passion turns into a choice. Yeah, and and they, they have to change. I mean, you just can't keep doing that. That lifestyle... And expect the same outcomes that, you know, like, let's say me and Allison got together and stuff like that. I can just keep doing the same thing for like three or four years, never growing, never changing, just constantly out partying and stuff like that. You know, uh, 
Right. We've all met the guy that seems fucking amazing at first. But, you know, you eventually get this sense that his friends are more important to you. Or more important than you. And a, a hard pill to swallow is that even though he is not consciously thinking... Yes, I definitely prefer my friends over this girlfriend and and this is it's not a conscious decision, but it's true that he's choosing his friends over you because it is so deeply rooted in his identity and who he is. And I'm not making excuses for bad behavior, but this is where that type of behavior comes from because Matt has absolutely found himself in previous relationships that were totally thwarted by all of this. Yeah, I mean, you go into it thinking, like, this is just me, that, okay, I'll always have my friends and stuff like that. In this relationship, I always viewed them as they having a time limit. And then eventually they're going to end. But my friends are going to be forever. Right. It so, was just kind of like what we talked about in our last yeah. episode. What Matt had learned about relationships from his childhood was that relationships are temporary. Yeah. They end after so long and then you move on. But your friends are always going to be, you know, by your side and uh, they're going to help you carry you through this. So I never really, you know, I don't think I ever put much into my relationships uh, when I was younger. I just I was like, this is what I am. This is what they fell in love with. Why change? Right. You know, this is this is what attracted them, and this will always be attractive to them. And then you can get this deep feeling of discontent if you start realizing that that is not the case. And for a lot of people, that realization tends to translate as, oh, this person just isn't right for me. Or she just doesn't like me for who I really am. And then this is when a lot of fuck-ups happen, yeah. you know? Because we get so attached to our identities, like who we are. And we have these labels that we identify with. Like, I know for me personally, a lot of labels that I identified myself with was, you know, um, creative nice that's what everybody said about me and then so I would have these moments if I didn't feel like that's what I was then I was like well what's happening this situation must be bad for me or this person must be bad for me and was that necessarily true no but it was my unwillingness to see myself outside of that box yeah, it's like whenever I got into a relationship, they'd always, you know, they're like, like you know, this is this has been fun and stuff. But I was like, you know, no, you you changed. You know, I was always going to be this way, and and maybe I needed to change a bit and like grow a little bit more. But I was like, this worked for me, so why change? You know, this is what got you here. You know, and they're always going to find it attractive, or uh, you know, this is what they want from me, but. You know, the uh, relationships change, and maybe they wanted more from me, but I wasn't willing to give them that. I was willing to stay in this, you know, 
lifestyle that I was accustomed to that is like it's just worked out for me for so long, you know, and this is a relationship I'm in now. Uh, why get more serious? I mean, this is this is fun. This is great. I like why change, you know, and, and you have to change, I think, right. for things to grow and relationships to work out. It's fun to be with a person that you met and they have fun all that. And but at a certain point, you got to be like, hey, you know, let's let's get a little serious about some things. What about day to day life? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, we were actually just talking a little bit right before we hit record on this about some certain situations in our marriage where this has caused trouble. And we, we thought maybe it was important to just be super open about that. And so, you know, we wanted to give you guys some examples about how this might not be the obvious problem of what's going on. And then I also want to stress, you know, this is not only a man's problem, because I have found, you know, um, situations where, you know, how I had mentioned, I had really put my identity on people thinking I was nice. And then finding myself in situations like in my marriage or with my kids, like, oh, God, that wasn't nice. Like, I'm doing a fucking terrible job. Like, Matt probably doesn't love me anymore because that wasn't nice. You know, making these grand assumptions based on the identity that I thought that I had and the way that I translated that. So kind of going back to, you know, Matt's situation with a man where, you know, you're kind of having a hard time letting go of these glory days. There's been quite a few specific moments where we can pick this out where we're like, oh God, that's what it was. You know, some of them are, um, you know, and I had mentioned we all go through phases where our relationship is very sexual and sometimes it is not at all. And, you know, especially us as women, our desire and our libido are a lot more linked to our emotions <laughs> than men's are, I think. Yeah. I'm going to say that as a generalization, but I don't know if it's, it's not always true, but you know, as a woman, you get stressed out, there's shit going down. You're not feeling like it. And there's times where this can definitely last for like months. Yeah. And, and for me, like when I, that's how I gauged how a relationship I think was going is like the amount of sexual touch and, you know, uh, the sexual contact. Yeah, we were sexual having, contact. We're, uh, that having, means things are fine. Yeah, exactly. When I I know that she's loving and she's touching me and stuff like that, I was like, awesome. This is great. But you know, even though she might be having a bad day or something, even though you know we maybe go a week without sex, I automatically assume like, oh god, like she thinks I'm gross or you know I'm disgusting or I said something that was kind of wrong. Or, you know, and I start, you know, like, man, I was like, nitpicking yeah. everything that you have said. Like, and then. then I'm almost pretty much sure, like, I was like, well, this is over. You know, it's just, I, I and I'm, I'm a very touchy person. I don't know where that really comes from or anything like that. But whenever I'm without that for a bit, I really start doubting myself and I'm start doubting the relationship. Um, 
I just, I just, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of looking for a reason why. I was like, there's got to be a reason why something I did. That right. It takes it very personally. Yeah, very. And you start turning it into it must have been something that you've done. And there was absolutely a point in time where, like, the thought that maybe it's all me never went through your head. It was Matt thinking it was his fault. It yeah. was something he did. And, like, oh, God, she doesn't like me anymore. And so you could only imagine the toll that this takes on our relationship because he'll start distancing himself from me. You know, that's when other little things start being more of a big deal. You know what I mean? Like cleaning or um, watching the kids or leaving for work. Like stuff like that. It starts to turn into an annoyance because you convince yourself that this other person doesn't even like you. Yeah, I start making scenarios in my head like, well, you know, this must have been because of this or... uh, Maybe even, like, even in my head, I I was like, well, she met somebody else or something like that. And that's why there was no contact or anything like that. My head would just go with these scenarios. And, like, even having no facts about anything going on, I would just already assure myself. I was like, well, this is over. It's done. Like, you know, I I don't want to try anymore. I was like, this is just what it is. And I already threw in the towel and I was ready to walk away. Yeah, and in your head at this time, this logic made perfect sense. So, you know, that was literally his reality while, you know, we're going through this certain type of situation. And, you know, this will be a podcast for for another time, but, you know, I'm coming from a space of sexual abuse from previous relationships. So... You know, I had all of my own issues and assumptions and identity things that went along with sex. So, of course, when he first kind of spills this idea, and this is before, you know, we've talked about, you know, where's your identity coming from? Like, where are these ideas coming from? You know, we talk about this and he tells me, you know, we're not having sex and it makes me think that you're gross. Or that I'm gross. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it triggers me. I am triggered because I start thinking like, oh my gosh, I haven't been attending to my husband. And part of my sexual past led me to believe that sex is something that you do to take care of people. And so I had thought I'm not doing that enough. I'm not taking care of him. I'm not making him feel appreciated because this is how he translates affection is into appreciation. And I totally make this all about me. And then it's my fault. And, you know, feeling terrible and really guilty about it. And, you know, he doesn't know that this is going on in my head. I had no idea to even tell him. I just assumed that it was true. So, you know, and this was actually pretty recent, you know, like last summer when we had first found out about our son's health problems and we're going to all of these doctor visits and stuff like that. I am craving solitude and Matt is craving physical touch for comfort. And we really conflicted in this way. And we totally ended up 
we were both convinced, like, this isn't working out. Um, we just don't vibe anymore. You know, something's wrong. We're assuming things about each other. But even at the time, we didn't have the tools to talk through it. We kept pushing little bit by little bit. We decided we're going to just keep talking about it, even if it makes both of us uncomfortable. We'll just say what we need to say. And there's really a point where you need to decide that I want him to tell me what he's thinking. And I need to give him that space to do it where he's, he can't be afraid of hurting my feelings. And that's, most of it is you are afraid of saying something that's going to offend the other part or something that they're going to say it's going to offend you. And it's, it's scary. So you kind of, you, you, you don't want to rock the boat, I guess they say. Yeah. So you, you don't say what's actually on your mind. Yeah. And you want to avoid what's going to cause a fight. Yeah, you avoid confrontation. I'm a big a uh, person <laughs> always wants to avoid confrontation. I'm I a big hate avoider. It. I'm of a big avoider. I, I'm a void. <laughs> so I, I just I hate it. it. It makes me feel icky and stuff. But some of those things that are hard to talk about, you just need to come out and say it. And if it's the person you know that you're with and you you, you love them and you believe it, who they are, I mean, it, it might hurt, but you have to get it out. Yeah, you have to get it out, and they're gonna you know. It does suck sometimes, and it hurts, and because you have been making assumptions too. You know, coming from my place um, of all of these, you know, the ideas that I had created around their past relationships I had been through, I was afraid to tell him a lot because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And finally, you know, I'm like, you're not going to understand me unless I blurt this out. And I did, and it did hurt his feelings. Yeah, and even though it did hurt my feelings, at least I understood where she was coming from. It wasn't like a a lie or something like that. Like it, just a lie to make me feel better. It was like, okay, this is where I'm coming from. This makes me uncomfortable. And even though it did hurt my feelings, that the things that I was doing made her uncomfortable, at least now I know that I, I just can't go and do those things, you know? Right, and that's definitely where... Him and I make a choice when we're really upfront about our boundaries and what we're thinking and where we are coming from. It makes such a big difference. Because even if you're thinking, like, I don't want to hurt their feelings or this sounds silly. I mean, because there's even a point where we're talking with, with Matt and about, you know, his association associations with relationships I'm sure that there's a point where you're like well now that I say it out loud that sounds stupid but we would never have understood each other if we didn't just say it out loud yeah I think there was a point where it was like you know what this it hasn't been working for a while so why not just say what I need to say you know if if this is going to be the end of it I, I might as well be honest Right. And even though it's going to hurt your feelings or it's going to hurt my feelings, I think the best thing was that we just said, hey, this is how I feel. And I know that it's going to hurt you, but this is who I am. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely did hurt my feelings when we talked about some of the things we did. And 
but I actually, I, I, I got a better understanding of who she really, in her core, who she was. And my thought process, yeah. you know, I, I think we assume a lot about our spouse's thought process. You know, when I'm seeing him want to randomly go out with his friends, you know, even like, let's set a situation that I know is familiar for a lot of moms and wives that, you know, you've had a, a hard day with the kids. Maybe they stabbed you in the eye <laughs> with, with, with the, your with keys. keys. And, you know, you've had a rough day. You've had a rough day at work or whatever. You know, then randomly your husband's like, well, okay, he didn't actually do this that day. But this is an <laughs> example <laughs> that, well going out with my friends bye (laughs) and he is fucking gone and you totally assume he doesn't appreciate what i've been doing all day he doesn't appreciate me being uncomfortable he doesn't understand and i do want to stress this this did not happen this is pretend (laughs) you know okay well i can put in a, a better situation is when the very first night i moved in with matt I moved my stuff in there. We are officially living together. And the sun goes down and Matt was like, well, I'm going out. Bye. And he left. He um, went out. And I was really disappointed. And I'm absolutely thinking he isn't caring about my feelings. He doesn't care that I'm here. Like maybe he doesn't want me here. Um, you know, I'm assuming he's thinking all of these terrible things about me when in reality, Matt is trying to maintain the identity that he thinks he has or in what he feels is important to him. He's not intentionally causing me any harm. And even though we see that this is destructive behavior, it is not coming from a malicious place. Yeah, no, it was just, it was an idea that I was like, okay, you know, I, it's time for me to go out. It's showtime. I got to put on this, <laughs> this idea of who I am and I got to keep up my reputation. And it wasn't anything like, well, you guys are comfortable. Well, it was actually, it was like, oh, you guys are comfortable and you got the kid. Well, it's Friday night. I got to go. Right. You know, I got to go put on the show. <laughs> But he was also really deeply discounting how much his presence was important at home. Yeah, I I honestly thought that, like, you know, um, that it wouldn't matter if I was there or not. You know, or Lily was, uh, what was she, like, one? Yeah, I don't think she was quite Yeah, she wasn't quite two yet. She was one, you know, and I was like, well, she's not going to remember this or anything like that. Her and mom will hang out here, and then I'm going to go off and do my thing, and everything's going to be great. Yeah, he it literally didn't even click in his head that, you know, that his presence was meaningful and that it would have been appreciated. And so, again, I want to stress, like, this does not discount bad behavior, But it is really important to realize that these things are not coming from a malicious place. Now, it's true that some people are going to do things just because, and they have thought it through and they don't give a shit, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So we thought 
maybe one of the very last things we wanted to leave you guys with were a few things that Matt has done to try to be aware of certain situations where he's comparing himself to now, to his past self, how he's kind of coming to embrace his new identity and realize its importance and its weight that it gives to our family. And we'll maybe even try to talk about a few things, a few tips that you guys could do if you're finding yourself in a similar situation. So, tell us, Matt. Well... Tell us your secrets. <laughs> I don't know if they're really secrets or not, but they're little Apparently things that help me. it's a secret. Well... Because no... This is a huge problem, and people don't talk about it. It is. I mean, you know, when you're in that state, you think of, like, okay, well, you know, you could just take off. And as long as the kid and the wife are busy doing something, that it doesn't matter if you're there or not. Um, I've taken in more consideration about how people uh, feel about whenever, you know, I, okay, when I, when I was gone... I felt like I was just out of the picture, like nobody ever thought about me anymore. Now I kind of look back at it, and I'm looking at, like, you know, like maybe they would want me around, or, you know, I had that much uh, pull and say in, in, in things. I think having our son yeah, was a it, big it really point was big. I mean, this is, you know, Hunter was the first one that I actually, I was around the whole childhood. 24-7. 24-7. There. Birth baby staying up all night yeah. everything there was no there was no him staying there you know oh see you later you know gone at six o'clock and then i'll see you in the morning champ or whatever Champ. yeah <laughs> you know he was constantly there and i was there and i always now I'm, I'm kind of thinking about looking through his eyes and i'm like man dad was there you know and dad dad did these things and he took us out and all that it wasn't like well okay, he's a, you know, he's, he's doing his own thing. Well, I'm going to go do my own thing. And he's not going to think about, you know, me being there. So I, I kind of look through it more through the, ch- the children's eyes, uh, my wife's eyes and just, just showing yeah, someone else's situation and just showing up and being there for him is, it just makes me feel more amazing. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm part of something. Um, but I think it's important to kind of interject and say that from my point of view, it is a big thing for me to recognize that this is Matt's wind down time sometimes with his friends. This is his recharge time getting to go out and hang out with the guys. And I absolutely have my different version of this. And, you know, so when he does decide, you know, to go out and do something or go hang out with his friends, it's important for me to realize what this means to him, even though for me personally, it wouldn't mean that it's important to see his point of view and see this as a restorative activity for him and not an avoidance thing. The way that I had absolutely translated it before. Yeah, and there's times where I do go out with my friends and stuff like that, and I end up catching myself feeling kind of bad, like, man, I should be at home and, you know, uh, 
being with the kids and stuff like that. And then, like, there is a, a time where you do need to go out and hang out with your friends. I've had to remind him a lot. Like, yeah. just get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Well, he went through a period where he just totally shut down and didn't go see anybody. No, I, I was constantly at home and I'd be helicopter parenting you know yes. allison would be holding hunter and i'd be hovering her like is, is this okay is this all right Do yeah he it? was like are you sure you're supposed to put that much lotion on a baby allison <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen someone put that much lotion on a baby get the fuck out of here matt so it was just a, a time where like i mean it's it goes from one extreme to another you know i was constantly going out and doing things and not being uh present with the family and stuff and then all of a sudden now i you know maybe i'm doing too much <laughs> like I, I i cut everybody off i mean you, you gotta try a little bit of everything to find yeah. your middle ground right so i went from one extreme to the other extreme and now you know every once in a while i go out and uh relax yeah relax a little, relax bit, a little bit yeah and relax on the lotion <laughs> but it's you just gotta find that that balance and I think that it's really good to get out sometimes. And, and like I said, I'm not reliving the glory days. I'm not lighting myself on fire anymore or anything like that. But I go at least go out and talk to uh, some friends. But then I also I keep in mind that I do have a responsibility at home. I, you know, there, there's people depending on me. But I think you and I have found this place where me and you can have a drink, sit outside, and just talk and relax. And it's. It's fun. Yeah, it's it, and it is fun, you know, to like not constantly have to be impressing anybody. You know, I could totally be myself. Me and Allison sit outside. The kids are asleep, and I feel completely at ease. I'm not. I don't feel like like ah, I got to go do something. I got to go do something. Uh, I I just feel at peace. It's awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I think you have to be willing to try all of the things until you find what works for you you know he'd went a period of time without going out and seeing his friends at all you know and he he kind of swung the pendulum you know and you know you kind of see how at first that would make sense oh i wasn't doing this right i'm going to do the exact opposite yeah so he spent some time doing that and then like uh okay this isn't for me either and, you know, I think there's even been times where you've gone out more during the week and then it slows down and then it doesn't. And I think we needed to give up this idea of consistency. Like, it is okay for things to change and to shift. And sometimes you need more and sometimes you don't. And we just need to pick up on that and talk about it, you know, no matter no matter what type of situation we're going through we can't be afraid to hurt each other's feelings by saying things i know he loves me and if he says something that offends me or hurts my feelings it's not because he's being careless it's because of ideas and thought patterns that he has brought into our relationship. It's because of who he was as a person before we were together or even before we were in the situation where we were married and had kids and a house. And, 
you know, we have to be willing to change and shift and adjust. And I think the biggest thing was the complete and brutal honesty, which was the big eye opener for me. You know, I was always afraid of hurting her feelings if I felt a certain way about going out and doing things or something like that. And then I, you know, I could just look at her and be like, hey, I feel like I should go and do this, even though I know it might upset her or anything like that, but this is how I felt, is just being completely honest. And even though I know that this might hurt her feelings, but I'm going to go ahead and go through it because this is who I, who I am and this is who I feel. Right. Like I should well, be doing because you have such a strong connection with your friends. Yeah. And you know, you and I are different in that way is that my biggest connections are, you know, like with you and with Kayla and with you, you have a really strong re- connections with your friends and that's revitalizing for you. It's restorative and it feels good. And so I need to keep your point of view in mind when you do decide like hey i'm gonna go out with the guys for a little bit i mean and to really baby it doesn't hurt my feelings because <laughs> you always i know but then i i overthink things i and... do appreciate that you say like ahead of time hey i'm gonna go do something <laughs> but um so if you guys are finding yourself in a similar situation You're having a hard time letting go of who you were in the past. If you had some pretty badass glory days, (laughs) I think being open to that brutal honesty and being really open to someone else's point of view is the number one way to get some transparency. You can't be afraid of hurting each other's feelings. And, you know, if you find yourself sitting down and telling your spouse this, just tell me. You can't be afraid of hurting my feelings. You need to truly be prepared. Like, hey, he's going to be vulnerable with me. And I need to take what he says with respect. Take it in. And, you know, because there's been times where we've told each other stuff. And it's taken a couple days for the shock to wear off. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, we're telling each other constantly, we are not going to be happy every day. It's not going to be perfect every day. And as things grow and as things change, we're going to face new obstacles. We're going to create new identities that probably won't matter in 10 years. And we might have to do this again. And we have to just be okay with that. Yeah, when you say something to somebody and then you actually don't mean, you know, like somebody asks you a question and you kind of give them like, you you give them what they want to hear. But deep down inside you're feeling kind of boiling it up like, you know, you just go ahead and agree with the situation. Uh, That eventually is going to come to the surface and you're going to blow up. So the best thing to do is just be honest and say it. Even though you think they're going to hurt the other person's feelings, um, it's better than holding it back and then, you know, having them come... It's going to show with your actions. Yeah. You know, you're just going to sit there and be having that feeling like, yeah, I know I said this, but this is not really what I meant. Right? But then you're going to get resentful. Exactly. 
and you're gonna let that build up and then some weird like some weird time that comes up and they just ask you something it's all going to come out in some kind of rage when you really didn't need to be mad at it but you had it all built up so just be completely honest i mean what else you got right right (laughs) (laughs) so if you need some tips for dealing with peter pan syndrome reliving the glory days and separating yourself from the identity that you had when you were younger it's really to just be super upfront in your relationships and just say these things out loud be prepared to hear things that don't agree with you that are gonna sit wrong it might make you angry it might make you sad but just take it with that idea that that these thoughts and these beliefs and these behaviors they didn't start with you. And, you know, currently they do have something to do with you. But this, our spouse's feelings and their thoughts and their behaviors, it's about them. And it's about how they feel about themselves and the way that they are interpreting the world. And so the only way to understand is to just say so. So, I think that next time we are going to talk a little bit about um, my perspective on things on women with low self-esteem in relationships. How that low self-esteem affects relationships, the things that can go wrong, and hopefully I can guide you towards some things that you can do about it. There were a ton of things that I didn't even realize um, was something that I didn't have to do, if that makes sense. So we're going to get into that next time. If you guys would like to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook at Rewrite Self Love. And we're also on Spotify. Oh, Oh, yeah. And well, if they're listening on Spotify, they already know or that. Or Anchor <laughs> and Google Podcasts, I believe. I think so. <laughs> we'll have to go back and look at the list of what we're also on. But it's it's those. We're doing stuff, you guys. It's going to be great. Yeah. So. so you guys have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.